Welcome to the Practical Prospecting Podcast with myself and co-host Sujan Patel, where in under 15 minutes, we're going to teach you practical tips to book more outbound meetings. Let's get into today's show. All right, welcome everybody back to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. We're here with Sujan Patel and myself, Jed Marley. Uh, we're going to jump right in today. We're going to talk about how to build a nurture sequence and why it's important. A nurture sequence is something I've done with every team I've been at, and I don't see a lot of folks doing it or using it to their advantage. And when I say nurture sequence, I mean, everybody is obviously reaching out to prospects. They're putting into some sort of sequence or cadence or campaign, whatever you call it. And I see this happen all the time. A prospect will go through the campaign. Maybe you called them a couple of times. They've opened some of your emails. They've clicked on them, or maybe they responded and they said, hey, this sounds interesting, but it's not a fit right now. And a lot of people just let those leads kind of go to waste and sit in the CRM never to be touched again. There's actually a lot of gold and opportunities in those prospects if you nurture them the right way. And so it's a very low activity or low effort, but high results, high ROI uh, activity if you do it right. Our team at Mailshake is doing this as well. So anytime a prospect ends a campaign, if they responded, but they didn't book a meeting or they clicked and opened some emails, we're adding them to an automated nurture sequence. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, how to build it and why it's important. So the first step to building a successful nurture sequence is, first off, you have to treat it different from a regular outbound campaign because you're not trying to book a meeting with every email. You're just trying to nurture them so that when the timing's right, your name is top of mind and they book a meeting with you or they you know, try to learn more. And so what we try to do is give them helpful content. And so I think that's the biggest reason why folks don't build nurture sequences or if they do, it's not very successful is they don't know how to find relevant content and create relevant emails that aren't asking for a meeting. And so that's what we're gonna talk about in this uh, episode today. So we're gonna start with how to find helpful content. And so the best place to look for that is ask yourself, what problems does my product solve? And what sort of, like, where are my prospects going to look for that content? So if we were to take Mailshake, for example, obviously, some of the problems we solve are not getting enough pipeline, low open and reply rates, emails going to spam, things of that nature. And so what I'll do is I'll go on the internet and I'll find email deliverability tips or email deliverability guides, cold email templates, things related to essentially building pipelines. So outbound playbooks, things of that nature. And what I want to do is I want to find content from somewhere other than Mailshake so that it shows that I'm not biased and I'm trying to genuinely help the person and not just you know shove Mailshake in their face with every single email. It builds trust. And if I give them helpful resources, they'll eventually want to learn more. And so that's like the first step is finding that helpful content. There's a lot of easy ways to do this. The first step is actually talking to your customers. So you can you know, reach out to your CS team and say, hey, can you put me in touch with a couple of customers? I want to ask them where are they getting their content from? What are the biggest problems they're working on? And then go find content of that nature. In terms of building out the framework for this sequence, what I would recommend is something that's not super aggressive. Again, it's going to be an automated campaign. But generally what we try to do is it's a two to three month long sequence with six to eight emails. So it's super spread out. You're just trying to stay top of mind so that when they are in the market, they're ready for you. And you wanna just find anywhere from, you know, let's say five or six pieces of content with a few bump emails and put that in, you know, the full sequence. And that's that's pretty much it. So Susan, I'll kind of stop there and I can share some examples of what the templates can look like and things of that nature. But curious if you have any thoughts on that in terms of nurture sequences or things maybe you've done in your past. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I see is lead with value, authority, show that you're unbiased. You said all these things, but the why send an article that's not from your company is if you send it from yours, it's a bias. What I found is you could take a blog post, 
turn it into a PDF, and that is way more authoritative. It could be the same exact content. You can literally just say on your browser, save as PDF, and just send them that PDF, right? Uh, why? Because I don't know about you, but like, if I got a PDF, I'm just like more likely, I think it's more like, oh shit, like this is important. I should probably read it, right? It's just, it's psychology. But and again, leading with value too many times, and this is just like age old, like sales problem. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up. How's it going? I'm going to check in one last time. Do I actually, as I, I receive so many cold calls and emails, do I actually care that you're going to follow up one last time? Is that any value to me? Right? Whereas like, Hey, I wanted to send you this PDF. I know I've been hounding you for a while, but I think you're going to find number seven super valuable on here or check out page three. I think that'll be very important to Mailshake. So the last thing is really being super specific. So you're going to send a blog post. You're going to, you're going to talk about a problem. You're going to send a PDF. You're going to send un, you know, like a third party article on a problem, but be very specific because when I think about being specific, it comes across as personalized. Now, you could send every single person, you should reach page two, paragraph three of whatever PDF, because I, th- I think it will help you, blah, blah, blah. You could send it to everybody, but everyone reading it is more likely to think it's individualized. So I look at that as kind of personalization at scale by being very specific. Yeah, a really good example of how we do that, for example, Mailshake, to your point about being personalized is we'll bucket folks based on whatever buying trigger we've identified on them. So we'll create a nurture sequence around people who are new sales leaders in a new company. And so the content we give them is curated to that buying trigger. So it might be something like in the nurture sequence, and maybe like, hey, you know, it looks like you've had your first few months at so-and-so company. Uh, The big thing that new sales leaders are doing is looking into the cold email copy for their uh, sales reps to find any sort of improvements and make sure the messaging aligns here's a great article or PDF I found from HubSpot on top templates or best tips for 2023 when it comes to email templates, like things like that. And um, like kind of like I mentioned earlier in terms of finding articles and resources from other companies, go from the big, like find it from the big companies that a lot of people trust. So like for us, I like to find a lot of resources from HubSpot because everybody knows and trusts HubSpot. And so if HubSpot's talking about email deliverability, best practices, they're going to pay attention. And we're basically borrowing the trust of other companies to then make them trust us. So if I send them a report from HubSpot on email deliverability best practices, and I follow up saying, hey, Mailshake can actually help with this, it's going to be more impactful, right? Because more people know about HubSpot than Mailshake, and you're kind of making that correlation there. And uh, that's pretty much it. We'll put it in the show notes as well. I have a bunch of templates and examples from the actual newsletter that this podcast is talking about that you guys can uh, take some examples from. But um, yeah, I think the core of it is that nurture sequences are pretty much just making the most of every single lead you have and not letting those prospects that are engaging go to waste. If they're still opening emails and clicking emails, but they haven't responded yet, keep reaching out until you get a response. And that's exactly what the, the nurture sequence does. Thanks for listening to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. Remember to check out all the resources in the show notes. Feel free to leave us a review. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'll catch you guys in the next one.